thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, our faith is built up in so many ways, through Bible reading, through prayer, through sharing life with people, serving the people around you, and the list goes on. But there's something that has the potential to get really deep into our hearts and into our minds, and that is stories. So today, Pastor Nate's gonna talk to us about how we can actually grab stories and use them as fuel for our faith today. It seems that the Lord wants Jairus to listen in to this story so that his faith will be built up for the story that's gonna unfold in his own daughter's life. We should collect stories that are faith-building stories that build our faith in what God is able to do. Nate, in this article you talk about Bible stories, church stories, fellow believer stories, but I feel like you're missing one crucial like category of stories. Do so. You're missing your awkward experiences. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I forgot that one. <laughs> you know you have it on file. I know you do. Oh, man. You're so right, Riley. Oh, yeah, that, I was just thinking about that the other day because I had another oh, one. Oh, man. You, are you adding to the collection? And I added to my collection. Yeah, for those of you who aren't in the know like Riley is, <laughs> I often say when people ask me, do you have a collection? Do you collect anything? I tell them, well, oh, man. as a pastor who works with a lot of human beings who is slightly awkward himself oh, and sometimes stop. doesn't know what to say. I collect awkward moments. Oh man. That's just what I do. So yeah, man, awkward experiences. I love it. Oh man. I was really hoping I was like, Oh man, there's going to be a couple of stories that are just going to make me cringe during this article. <laughs> oh man. Well, Hey, I really love this article, Nate. It was, um, I'm sure that you, grabbed a bit of this from uh, the pastor you're listening to at the time, Pastor Brian Broderson. Yep. But you mentioned the story about um, Jairus in the New Testament and his daughter and the woman with the flow of blood and this sermon that you heard. For those of us who aren't familiar with that story of Jairus and the daughter and the woman, could you uh, give us a snapshot of what that story was? And then I'd love just to hear what you learned from Pastor Brian after hearing him preach about that. Sure, yeah. One of these days when you ask me to give these a recap, yeah. Because you ask that question a lot to <laughs> give the recap and I get so excited. I can't wait to tell the Bible story or give the background or yeah. whatever. Oh, One yeah. of these days I'm gonna say no though. I don't it, know when it's gonna be, but I'm okay. gonna totally throw you. I'll be on my game just in case I need to okay. explain it. But yes, <laughs> I will do it again. So there's a passage in uh, the Gospel of Mark uh, where Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee. He ministers to a demon-possessed man, actually two of them. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the episode with the pigs and all of that. And then he comes back to mm -hmm. Capernaum, gets to the seashore. There's a huge crowd of people. There's a man mm -hmm. named Jairus, who's the ruler of the synagogue, and his daughter is at the point of death. So yeah. it's a desperate situation for him. There's desperation in the air. He comes to Jesus, meets him there, asks him to come to his home to mm. touch his daughter and to heal her. Mm. Jesus agrees to go. But the crowd is 
huge and it's pressing up against Jesus physically. But there's a woman there Hmm. and she has had a flow of blood for 12 years. Jairus's daughter is 12 years old. Mm -hmm. This woman has had a flow of blood. This is significant to anybody, but it's more significant to her in that culture because a flow of blood meant that you were not only sick, but you were also considered unclean religiously and you could not go into the temple to worship the Lord. Mm -hmm. So she has this ceremonial uncleanness. There'd be a bit of an outcast kind of life that she had to live. Mm -hmm. As a result, she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. She said that to herself. Hmm. So this woman presses through the crowd, grabs a hold of the hem of Jesus' garment, and she's healed. And Jesus stops where he's going, stops the crowd, and asks, who touched me? The disciples Mm -hmm. are incredulous. They say, what do you mean, who touched you? We're all pressing up against you. It's a great throng of people. And Jesus explained, power has gone out from Mm. me. Who touched me? And he waited. She confessed what she'd done. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I love it. Now, after that moment, messengers came from Jairus's house and announced to Jairus, don't bother the teacher anymore. Mm -hmm. Your daughter has died. But the Lord told Jairus to believe (laughs) and said, she's only sleeping. He eventually went to her home, went into the room with the mother and father, shut the door, grabbed her by the hand, said, little girl arise. And she rose Mm -hmm. up. They gave her something to eat and she was better. The Lord had healed her. He had raised her back to life. He'd resuscitated her. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite resurrection, like right. with his resurrection or like our future bodily resurrection, but he resuscitated her. He brought her back to life from the dead. It's just an incredible miracle. Yeah. One of three times that Jesus raised someone back yeah. from death during his earthly ministry. Um, and so the... As, as Pastor Brian was teaching this story, he made a, a few different points. But he made this one point that I really liked where he talked about how what happened there in front of Jairus on the mm-hmm. way to his home was important for Jairus to witness yeah. and experience. It's very clear that Jesus, he doesn't go around calling every woman in Israel daughter. He uses that word strategically at this particular moment in time, in part, it seems, to build up the faith of Jairus. He calls this woman daughter because Jairus has a daughter who is also sick and at the point of death. And it seems that the Lord wants Jairus to listen in Hmm to this story so that his faith will be built up for the story that's going to unfold in his own daughter's life. So Brian just went on to make the point that we should collect stories that are faith building stories that build our faith and what God is able to do. So uh, I just went through and just 
mention the three categories that he mentioned. And I'm sorry, Riley, he didn't include the awkward stories <laughs> categories. That's just for you. Bible stories, church history stories, and fellow believer stories. Yeah, I love that idea of holding on to stories that will help you in your faith as you're moving through life. It's so good. Like you said, Bible stories, church stories, <clears throat> fellow believer stories. I thought we could talk about each of these real quick, or maybe if you have a couple of stories you want to share, we could go that route too a little longer. But I would love just to ask your experience with Bible stories and church stories. Maybe we can talk about Bible stories first. I I was just curious if there were was a Bible story you can think of that has really impacted your life, that's really encouraged you in your faith, maybe something you reference I don't know, daily or just kind of in the harder times of life? Is there anything in particular that stands out to you? Bible stories that, yeah. I, that I dig? Oh, man. I mean, obviously the life of Christ. Yeah. We're going to next year or next fall get into the uh, Gospel of Matthew as a church. Oh, and yeah. Obviously there's much teaching in the Gospels and a lot of teaching in the mm-hmm. book of Matthew as well. But the stories from the life of Christ are always so edifying and enriching. However, I find that with the life of Jesus, I'm encouraged so often about Jesus. Hmm. And my faith is built up for the things that God is doing in my life today. But so often it's like I'm just directly celebrating who Christ is and what he's Hmm. done and his ability in my life. And, and getting a glimpse into what his kingdom is meant to look like. And that mm-hmm. is encouraging. But we're talking about stories in scripture that build up our trust and yeah. our faith and who the, right. the Lord is. So I think for me, the whole book of Acts is a lot yeah. of that because, mm-hmm. you know, these are our forefathers, so to mm-hmm. speak, in the Christian faith. And reading about the church during that time is just so helpful, so edifying for me. Oh, yeah. So I think the whole book of Acts, I used to answer the question, what's your favorite book of the Bible mm-hmm. with the book of Acts? Okay. Um, cool. I don't know that I would say that today, but it's close. I yeah. mean, I love the book of Acts because of all those stories of God's mm-hmm. faithfulness and God you know, helping the church and then strengthening the church and enabling his servants. Uh, and then I think in the Old Testament, if I, I'll, I'll go with two here, you know, one would be the life of David Hell and yeah. the other would be the book of Nehemiah. Oh, yeah. You know, Good both of those passages and, and sections of scripture, mm-hmm. they just so speak to my heart. You know, I, I feel very close with both of those men and the things that God did through their lives and how they processed leadership and decisions and battles and tumult and betrayal and personal failure uh, and conflict and backstabbing (laughs) like it just feels like everything in the human life is Mm. wrapped up in what those guys went through. So I've always been greatly encouraged by those two figures in the, in the old Testament. How about oh, you? Yeah. you who, who are your jams? Oh gosh. Well, I was just thinking today about that passage that you shared in um, the book of acts at our, uh, our staff chapel today, just talking about how these Christians didn't even know about the Holy spirit. And Paul was able to 
share the Holy Spirit with them, just seeing how God just, it's just all by his spirit, man. I'm just so encouraged by those kind of stories. Let's, I, I want to keep moving on in this too, because I just love hearing these stories. Um, church stories. Is there a church story that has stood out to you that's been really encouraging to you in your life? Yeah, you know, this was of all the three categories that Brian talked about, you know, with Bible stories, church history stories, and fellow believers stories. I think the, I, I, I feel a lot of times weakest in hmm. that second category, Yeah, you know, because fellow believers stories, I, I, I am always collecting those oh, yeah, just through too. interactions with Christians. Mm -hmm. And then Bible stories, I'm always collecting those because I'm always reading the Bible hmm. and then secondarily am quite often studying the Bible, you know? So yeah. I am interacting with those stories, you know, throughout scripture. I don't as much have like a regular routine in my life of hmm. reading and studying about church history, although yeah. I've gone through spurts at mm -hmm. different times and of course I've taken various classes and all of that. But to me, it's history and I oftentimes just forget the history. Yeah. There are two podcasts, though, that I would like to mention that are great for um, church history. And you could put them in the yeah, show notes the show for notes. everybody. But yeah. one is by my friend Lance Ralston. It's called Communio Sanctorum. And this podcast, actually, I don't know if it's ranked this highly today, but I know at one point it got all the way up to the number two ranked podcast in the history section. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's a wonderful overlay of church history from the time of Christ all the way to our modern era. And each episode is about 15 minutes or so, give or take a few minutes, if I remember correctly. And it's so excellent and so well done and gives you such a good flow of the history of the church. And so I love listening to those. They're not always faith upbuilding yeah, uh, because right. a lot of times it's just the history. It's just the details. It's not necessarily yeah. like a, a test, you know, like Jairus was going mm -hmm. through, you know, and did he believe God? Did he trust God or not? Yeah. But nonetheless, it's, you know, a story from church history. And then there's another podcast called Five Minutes in Church History hmm. that is also great for just little snippets of church history in quick you know, as a podcast is entitled five minutes, mm. quick chunks to That's be able to, cool. you know, think about, you know, different stories from church history. So there are some, you know, from ancient church history that resonate with me that speak to me, but a lot of them are more contemporary too. Yeah. You know, I mean, my, my father's and grandfather's kind of generation, oh, yeah. like sure. thinking about the way the Lord worked, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 years ago or 100 years ago, those kind of stories have ministered to me. Mm -hmm. You know, they're more a little bit more like American or European right. based mm -hmm. than, you know, other stories. But I, I just love, you know, hearing those, you know, certainly with our Calvary Chapel heritage, uh, it's hard to go for very long without hearing somebody talking about the the days when the spirit began to break out in southern california and in various places where people began to hunger for the word of god oh, yeah. and and uh, many 
uh, people that were entrenched in the countercultural revolution began coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of those stories quite often uh, when just looking out at our modern landscape and yeah. saying, man, people need an escape from the right. current culture. And I'll remember I, I, I wrote a, I read a book, I think a year or two ago, uh, called God's Forever Family, I think it was. Hmm. And it was a historical account of the Jesus movement and that happened in the 60s and 70s where wow. so many young people came to Christ in the United States, but also into Europe. And just what that was like, the different offshoots of it, the different places that it was happening. Our own Pastor Jeff got saved during that yeah. era, um, not in Southern California, but in a different theological stream than Calvary Chapel. And, you know, I love reading those stories because it was such a wild time culturally Mm -hmm. where it felt like things are so different than they used to be even 10 years ago. Yeah. And yet the spirit of God broke out upon that generation. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in a similar time. There are major differences, but I think we're in a similar time in the sense that the world feels so different than it felt even 10 years ago. Yeah. And and the need for the Spirit of God to break out into people's Amen. lives. So I've, I've loved those stories as well. Hey, just want to take a quick little break just to let you know about a couple things coming up on nateholdridge.com. If you guys have gone to the website recently, you know that Nate has put out a bunch of new articles, a couple of... Uh, kind of archive posts, but there's a new article that just came out called Make Friends with Dead People. That's right, Make Friends with Dead People. And in this article, Pastor Nate is looking at some different characters in the Old Testament and even the New Testament who he can look at and say, man, I can admire these people's lives, their faith, the way they live for God. And in a sense, even though they're not living in the same time of history, um, they can still be friends because they share the same faith in this same God who is the God of their lives and our lives today. And so hopefully that article is helpful for you as you're reading through scripture and thinking about these people that you read about. Hopefully it's helpful for you and just seeing how, man, these people who lived th- even thousands of years ago can relate to the same situations I'm in. They're like friends to me. So what a great way to look at scripture, relational and I'm all pointed towards loving God and the people around us. So when you get done with this podcast, hit stop, go to the website, check out the article. You won't want to miss it. Now let's get back to the episode. I'm going to put those uh, those podcasts for sure in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, uh, when you park your car or put your normal clothes on after your workout or something, check those out. Those will be encouraging for you. Um, let's close this out by talking about the fellow believers stories. You know, I, I feel similar to you, Nate. Like, I feel like I'm always kind of collecting these kind of stories through my interactions with people in the church or people I talk to in different states or, um, kind of around, but I do know that for a large part of the church, um, there's a lot of people who don't really feel comfortable sharing their stories. There may be stories of painful memories or where, um, we feel inadequate or embarrassed about things that are going on in our lives. It's just, I think that sometimes we may feel a pressure to have to show like, oh, God's doing these amazing things in my life all the time. 
And if he's not, we're like, I don't want to share that part of my life. But I thought maybe you could speak to that person for a moment. You know, I think that's important for us to always be sharing our lives with people. And I think you probably would agree with that, with the way we do our small groups and ministries here. But do you have maybe a word for somebody who just feels uncomfortable sharing their stories with the people around them in their church? How can they begin to share their stories? Hmm. I don't know. I, I think um, starting where you're at, I think, is important. Hmm. You know, taking that first step, because I think it's one of those things that when we begin to open up and we begin to share, we will often discover that it's actually not as terrible hmm. as we originally anticipated. So it could be that it's just with a person or a couple of people that you have a decent level of comfort with that you begin to share a little bit with and you might discover that actually their reaction isn't as terrible frightening awkward yeah as you thought or you might discover that even if it is it actually was better for the relationship and better for you to to talk about it than to keep it held within uh, and so i think beginning to step out a little bit telling the stories of what god's doing in your life or how he's standing with you through temptation or what you're dealing with and struggling with as you begin to talk about that in smaller increments i think what you'll discover is the delight of god upon it especially mm -hmm. if it involves any kind of confession or where you're inviting accountability into your life. The Lord loves that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting into the light or inviting more light into your life is always something the Lord is going to, to bless. Even if it's kind of painful, it will end up being mm -hmm. a good thing. But also, I think another thing to do is to remember how good it is, not for you, but for other people. Yeah. Um, mm. This woman is a great example of the question that you're asking. Jesus asked who touched me and it was quiet for a little while. Yeah. She didn't want to tell her story. Yeah. It was an awkward thing for her to share. She was a little bit of a social outcast because of her condition. Yet when she did speak, it would be a blessing to the life of others, particularly Jairus, because mm. she had opened up her mouth. You see, there are people that are out there that are going to be blessed when they get to hear the story of what God has done in and through mm. your life. And it might feel terrible to you or awkward to you or hard for you to share that. But there are other people that are going through similar things. And when I say similar, I don't mean the same thing. Yeah. Jairus yeah. was not this woman, mm -hmm. he was not going through the same thing she was going through, but she had had that affliction for 12 years. His daughter was 12 years old. Jesus spoke to her as daughter. Jairus had a daughter. There were similarities is what I'm trying to say. People will draw those lines of connection between right. your situation that you've gone through and, and God's faithfulness in your life and their own situation. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this thing for the last two or three months since I stopped started. Mm. You still bullet journaling? 
I, dude, I fell off. Bro. Oh man, I, I put you on the spot. I, <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it's embarrassing that I am. You know, it's just like, oh wow, you know, it's, about, no, you're it's like it. such a trendy thing. But <laughs> I've enjoyed getting more into the analog. Yeah, world I still like that. And too, leaving yeah. the digital world mm-hmm. a little bit with some of my journaling. So I've and my organizational kind of stuff. So I've been doing this thing over the last couple of months where I have a little symbol. You know, okay. you have to have in bullet journaling, you have to have a, a key or mm-hmm. a legend, right, you know? Yeah. And so you have little symbols that mean things. Well, I have one that's just a, a set of, of, of apostrophes. So it's a quote, okay. you know, Ooh, version. So it's just like two that. little apostrophes with yeah. a circle around it. And what that means is that if I'm scanning through my notebook and I see that, it means somebody said something hmm. to me that I want to remember. Not like from a sermon or a lecture or something like that, or a book, but somebody's story. So I'll give Hmm. two to you. One came at a little gathering we held at our church called, we call it the unconference where it's church uh, pastors and church planter, church planning pastors, church, uh, you know, basically a small group of pastors and their wives that we get together and we, we were just talking, we hang out for a couple of days, try to encourage them as much as we can, but it's always so encouraging to me. Hmm. One friend that I have, his name's Paul. He pastors a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he had a very aggressive cancer that was in hmm. his eye um, a few years ago, and the Lord saw him through, but he they basically treated him by saying, we're going to dangle your body over the cliff of death mm, let yeah. go and see what happens because it was a very advanced form of cancer yeah. and they gave him a high high percentage that he was not going to make it well he's made it i mean his body is still very ravaged feeling yeah. the effects you know of that cancer mm-hmm. um so there were side effects you know that will stay with him for the rest of his life that he's still dealing with i was texting with him the other day about one of them but as we were giving our updates, mm-hmm. he said this. He said, I'm going to quote it right. He <laughs> said, one of the biggest blessings of my life was my cancer. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. when you, you say something like that, yeah. like, I mean, I had a front mm. row seat to watching him go through that. It was mm. terrible. And here's this man, you know, he says, one of the biggest blessings of my life was my cancer. <laughs> That was just powerful, you know, and that story just, you know, when you're dealing with maybe fears of your, of a, of a sickness that could come or a trial that could come like that gives you hope, right? You know, like, wow, absolutely. you know, I see those kind of stories in God's word that some of those trials, they actually are the forms of delivery systems for some of the greatest blessings that could be, but to hear it from a contemporary person is also really helpful. Then uh, another quote that I have, it comes from a woman in our church who, uh, after decades of marriage in uh, their uh, 80s, her husband fell ill and after a long battle with illness, Mm -hmm. went home to be with Christ. Great man, great woman, um, and Mm. she has the joy of the Lord. She knew that it was his time to go be be with Jesus, to mm-hmm. be reunited with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he struggled and battled and fought his illness for a long period of time. And when he passed, 
I was talking to her and she told me the story and she said that a moment came where she was, he was kind of on like hospice home care Mm -hmm. and she went into his room and she could see that he was struggling to for breath and, and Mm -hmm. all of that. And she said to him, let go my love, let go. And she said it to him five times and, and he let go and he went home to be with the Lord. And that story, it encourages me because you want to run your race. And if you're a married person, then you want to run your race of being faithful to your spouse to the very end. And her sense was that he wanted to take care of her. Hmm. And so he was holding on. And so he, she, she kind of gave him that permission. Hmm. Like you've run your race, you know, you, you were faithful to me. You did what you're supposed to do. Let go. Hmm. let go and uh and i love that you know yeah. so i've just been trying to when i hear someone cool, tell man. me something like that you know just write, jot it down like that's a cool story so i i mean it real literally when i say collecting stories i'm trying to collect them because <laughs> they're just so powerful and so bl- such a blessing to our own lives and you just kind of remember them in a in a way that's different than remembering a truth it's like you're remembering a story that illustrates the truth that you're trying to to really get embedded into your heart thanks for tuning in today if you'd like to hear some more content from pastor nate please subscribe to the jesus famous podcast each week we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard as well as some live readings that pastor nate is posting a couple times a week For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.